everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are really excited today to be here to be recapping the second wave of uh, the Hallmark Summer Nights movies. <laughs> I don't know how, how much I love that title, but that's what they gave us. So we're excited to talk about that and a couple of the mysteries. And I'm film critic Rachel Wagner. Today I have with me a very special guest, the host of the Hallmark Happenings podcast here with us. Betsy's here. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. It's nice to meet you virtually. <laughs> yeah. So tell us a little bit about your podcast and how you got started with Hallmark and with the, how you got the idea for the podcast. Tell us a little bit about. Oh, sure. Well, I've been watching Hallmark Channel maybe since like 2013. I just stumbled across it and I really liked it because there's no other network like it. I'm sure I'm just one of many that feel that way. Um, Cedar Cove was the show that I really started liking. And then of course, 2014, when Calls the Heart came on, I'm like, this network is amazing. But I guess as far as like wanting to create a podcast, when I heard I guess a couple of weeks before the bubbly sesh was announced that they were ending, I just discovered the bubbly sesh myself. And then when I heard they were ending, I was like, you know, this maybe might be a great time to kind of come in and fill somewhat of a void. But I know that there's like a great podcast, obviously Hallmarkies and Deck the Hallmark among many other Hallmark podcasts. But I was like, it's such a neat way to kind of share your thoughts on the movies with other people who love the network as much as I do. There's so many fans out there and it's great that people want to hear other people talk about it. And basically um, on Hallmark Happiness, I will recap the movies or feature uh, the actors from the movies. And we just kind of talk all about that. And sometimes we'll go off track, but that's kind of basically the gist of Hallmark Happenings. Yeah. So you started in like May? May 23rd. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was going to say they announced Bully Sesh right around that time. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. So it was right at the end of May, beginning of summer. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're excited to have you part of the Hallmark podcasting family. Uh, we always say that, uh, you know, a rising tide raises all ships. So the more that we can get involved in this whole fun process, the better. So I wish you all the best luck. And you had, I believe you had Cammy and Brie on your show. Is that correct? Yes. They yeah. were so much fun. Yeah. I, I didn't expect to have that much fun. They were amazing. <laughs> yeah, they are super fun. We love both of them so much. So that was a good, that was a good pull. You were very, <laughs> oh, they had so much personality. I tell yeah, you what, yeah, I was yeah. just like laughing. I'm like, if anyone hears this, they're just going to be rolling on the floor laughing. Cause those are two yeah. funny ladies. <laughs> yeah, the, no, no question. We'll put a link down to that. If people want to listen to that episode, uh, then they will have a lot of fun with that one. Uh, so let's dive in. We have a lot of movies that we're talking about today. We have, uh, what is it? Eight seven films that we're talking about today. And uh, we are not going to talk about the murder she baked because we've already recapped that. And I haven't watched any murder. She baked. It's a big hole in my, in my uh, hallmark viewing. And so I didn't feel like I could give a good response to this new one without having watched the old ones. And I didn't have time because I just was on break. And uh, so anyway, we've already reviewed that on the podcast so that we're not talking about that today, Uh, but the rest of them we're going to talk about. So (laughs) Uh, what did you think overall of 
summer nights, both wave one and wave two for, for 2021. Do you think it was a good season or not great? Well, I am with you on the titles wave <laughs> two. I'm like, well, interesting timing, but ocean wave, think ocean yeah. wave, not, not, not the craziness virus. in the world, but yeah, I, I think this goes with everything, even with Christmas, there are always a few movies that stand out that you're like, oh, I really enjoyed that one. And then I have to think back, what were the others? I don't remember. <laughs> and it's not that they were bad. I just, they don't, they didn't stick out in my mind, if that makes yeah. sense. But I, there were definitely from both waves, there were a couple that I just loved and I will watch again when they come on just because they were great. So, I mean, it, there were definitely some winners in the waves. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. There wasn't any that were too terrible. They were all, in my opinion, watchable, but my favorite was definitely her pen pal. That was the best of the season, best of the year, honestly, in my opinion for a home oh, 2021. It really was. It was yeah, so good. So That's good. like the only one I guess I didn't remember the others in the first wave. That's what I'm talking about. The, her pen pal was just so great. And yeah. I, I have to say, I talked to, I, I don't know if you saw Lachlan Ybor had the role of Cameron, the ex. He, oh, uh, yeah. he's charming. He's actually British. Sure. If you want to listen to that and just listen to a British accent for an hour and 10 minutes, it's dreamy. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That sounds great. <laughs> but that's wave one. We're, we're getting outside of wave two. <laughs> okay. Yes. Wave two. All right. Well, it started on the 31st of July and it was love for real. And this stars Chloe Bridges, Tiana Tully, Scott, Michael Foster, Corbin blue. We actually technically did do a full recap of this movie as well, because, uh, my friend Haley strong is a podcaster about the bachelorette and bachelor. So I couldn't resist uh, having her on to recap this movie because she's hilarious. And <laughs> I really enjoyed that episode. Um, but uh, I thought we could cover this one because unlike the murder she baked, I've actually seen it. So, okay. It's <laughs> this director by McLean Nelson, writer Irene Dobson, who did Good Witch, One Winter, the One Winter Movies, Mary and Bright, uh, Winter Princess, and Once Upon a Christmas Miracle. And it's uh, Haley and her best friend Brie go on a reality dating show to publicize her fashion line, but nothing goes as planned when love, friendship, and careers are on the line. So overall, what did you think of this one? Now, this was when I remembered. I very much liked it. I thought it was a unique concept. It was beautiful. I mean, then you had Corbin Blue, which he's huge for High School Musical fans. That was really sure. exciting uh, to see him all grown up. Uh, <laughs> so I actually, I really did like this one. And you mentioned McLean Nelson, the director. He is married to Claire Niederbroom, the director of her pen pal. So those yeah. two can definitely make some good Hallmark movies. Yeah, they're definitely a power couple. There's no question. <laughs> Oh, I know. I mean, I want them just to work together on a movie, but yeah, I no, I really did like this one. I thought Chloe Bridges, she had kind of a, a sarcastic side, which mm -hmm. was different because a lot of, I, I don't know if you feel this way, but a lot of the leading ladies are similar in their personalities. And mm -hmm. it's nice when you have one that has a little bit of a different personality and Chloe Bridges definitely had that. And even um, yeah. Brie played by Tiana, she had a little bit of a different personality too. And it was mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, we had uh, Tiana on the podcast and she was so bubbly and fun and sweet. I really enjoyed uh, getting to talk to her. I think she has a lot of potential in the, I uh, hope they don't sort of 
typecast her as only being in sort of summer Hawaiian movies because I think she has a ton of potential to be in a lot. She just has that bubbly, fun personality that I think will be really good for Hallmark. I completely agree. I she would definitely be a fit in any location mm-hmm. outside of Hawaii. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I thought that it was nice to have two love stories and two uh, leading uh, character, leading ladies. Uh, and their friendship was was nice and a nice element to the to the story. So it wasn't just about the love. It was about their relationship, their friendship. I like that. Uh, yeah, I thought that this is the best. We've seen Scott Michael Foster uh, in Hallmark. He was, he was charming. And then Corbin blue, as you said, was, was great. And I loved the whole scene with the uh, rainbows and the sprinklers. That was great. Oh, it was, it was so clever that someone thought of the sprinklers doing all the sciencey things it does in the sunlight, causing the rainbows. It was really pretty. I mean, yeah. and of course we had the other Hawaii movie. It's funny. So I guess the first movie of wave one was you have me at Aloha. Then the first movie of wave two was a Hawaiian movie. So that's True. kind of funny. I didn't think of that, but beautiful. Just Hawaii is beautiful. Oh, gorgeous. I love Hawaii so much. And I think this is the better of the two. Do you agree? I do agree. I I definitely do. I guess, I don't know if, do you feel like it's just hard for me to see Pascal and Kevin outside of Hope Valley? <laughs> That's just, I'm closed in my little box. Just stay in your early 1900s attire and I like it. <laughs> well, yeah. And the, the major, I don't know, they're, they, I guess they have all these rules or whatever in their contract that they like can't kiss and different things like that. And the, the ending kiss in You Had Me Aloha was so bad and so awkward. And I don't know. I, I just like, overall, I kind of left feeling like that didn't have the chemistry that I wanted it to have. You think because they are so good and they're the best part of one calls heart in my opinion, but like, because it's set in the past, it doesn't require this, the same, even by Hallmark standards, it Rosemary and Lee don't require the same kind of intimacy that you need in a, in a Hallmark movie where people are falling in love. Right. And uh, so I, I think that that's part of the problem. Mm, that's interesting thinking about the time periods. Well, I have to say, uh, Scott, Michael Foster and Clay Bridges had great chemistry. So they kind of <laughs> made up for any lack of chemistry there may have been in the other movie. And I yeah. liked the chemistry between Brie and I'm calling them by the characters and their actor names. So if you're <laughs> trying to follow thing. along with who's who, uh, you might need a picture by their name. Um, Tiana play Brie and then Corbin I thought they had great chemistry as well it I just thought it was a great storyline I mean we've seen the dating ones but I liked this one the best of all the oh dating, for sure the dating a reality show yeah. movies <laughs> usually the dating reality show movies on Hallmark are terrible because the problem is is usually they're not willing to go kind of trashy which is what you sort of need for these shows like their very premise is kind of trashy and that's why we watch them. That's why we think they're funny and we enjoy them. Uh, and so if you're not willing to go there, then it just, <laughs> it doesn't really work. And they were going willing to go there a little bit by making Brie like a tiny bit unlikable at times, like the things that she said, and then her having to kind of pull back on them and, and, you know, some of the other stuff, like it's, it's as far as they, would be willing to go, I think, in a Hallmark film. That's true. And I don't actually watch reality dating shows. Of course, I'm aware of them, but I agree. You have to like reach a certain level for it to like 
read across the same way yeah. it probably does when you're actually watching like the bachelorette and things like that yeah because inherently this person is dating multiple women like that's just not squeaky clean it's just not so you have to make it a little bit mm-hmm. uh, I don't know what word you would want to say but you have to have <laughs> a little bit of edge in here if you're going to try to tackle reality dating or you know bachelor type show and they did about as much as I think they could Mm-hmm. And yeah, so overall, I enjoyed it. The ending was bonkers. I mean, the idea that they would let her out in that spacesuit. Like, yes. <laughs> oh. Live television, like they could stop filming. <laughs> that was funny. I was like, okay. <laughs> and then it made sense because she was allergic to the horses. I was like, oh, that was funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and they had uh, the. I, I liked the uh, the assistant, uh, the busybody kind of matchmaker, Karen Molina yes. White as Marie. She was funny, and her like getting them on that island alone, you know, and kind of, oh, there's nobody else can fit on the boat. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah. I loved when she was talking to them in the beginning when they first arrived, and she was laying out all the rules, and she was. Yeah so funny and she was like make sure you actually yeah, took their phones make sure you take a selfie oh wait you can't and then she laughed and I was like she's funny yeah she's like if I'm happy everybody else is happy <laughs> I mean sometimes these supporting characters steal the show and yeah she was really funny yeah she was she was really good so overall what would you give how many crowns one to five would you give love for real Mm, I mean, if we're, if you're looking at five as a, her pen pal movie, I would say this is like four and a quarter. Mm. Yeah. I'm going to give it a, I can't remember what I gave it in the episode. So forgive me about that, but I think I'll give it like four. I think four. it was, mm-hmm. it was pretty fun. I enjoyed it. I watch it again, which is always like the ultimate tell. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> All right. Next, we have the 27-hour day, and this starred Autumn Reeser, Andrew Walker, director David Winning, who's done a million of these, and writer Audrey Schulman, who wrote As Luck Would Have It, Love and Love Fall in Order, amongst others. And it's an entrepreneur takes a necessary break from developing her wellness brand, Empire, and discovers that the work-life balance she needs won't be easy. Will a new romance and relaxing retreat change her life forever? Hmm, I wonder. Yes, good question. Overall, (laughs) what did you think of the 27-hour day? So this was when I was like, well, it's not a very outlandish storyline. So I wasn't quite sure going into it. I was like, okay, it'll be nice. I mean, I like Autumn Reeser and Andrew Walker. And it was actually a very sweet, cute film. And I enjoyed it more than I thought I would. Yeah, I mean, it has a pretty snore-worthy title, I think. So this is a snooze of a title, the 27-hour day. Like, it sounds stressful to me. Like, working so, from home, it is a 27-hour day, if that's what you're doing in 2020 to 2021. Pretty much. Uh, but in, when I watched it, I was like, this is kind of a perfect uh, movie for me because it's all about an overworked, stressed-out podcaster. Oh, I had no idea. They did not let on that she was a podcaster in the previews. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh, that's funny. What what can we learn from this movie? Yes. And after they completely did not do a good job with portraying a podcaster in the Chronicle Mysteries, I'm happy that they did a much better job here. (laughs) 
but okay, yeah. I, I don't know about you though. Like to me going completely off the grid isn't relaxing. Like I, I think that that adds like extra stress for me of like, what am I missing? Like, I feel like I need kind of a midway point. Like it's good to take a break, but not like literally turn in my phone. Would you maybe agree? you could like turn off all the alerts on your phone, like to where you yeah. don't get any alerts, but you could still like yeah. Google things if you need or yeah. look at the radar or what time it is, but you're not allowed to like access like certain apps or something. Or just maybe. like, maybe you have like a window for like an hour a day or maybe twice a day. That to me is like the perfect relaxation because otherwise then I'm stressing out. What am I missing? What's happening with the podcast? What? <laughs> See that that's why they need, they have these places. So you can, I guess, forget it. There is life outside of the internet and the, the interconnected world. I mean, yeah. it's hard to believe that people lived like this in the nineties. <laughs> I mean, for all I know, I'm going to turn in my phone and then the next minute Hallmark is going to announce their Christmas lineup and I will be completely messed up and it'll ruin my life. And so that's the kind of thing that goes through my head. And it's like, I can't miss what's going on. And so if I, if I just had like a couple times to check in, I think that would be more relaxing to me than this cold Turkey. Give me your phone. Kind of thing. I think it's different too. If you're like running a business or something like yeah. your life, like hers was in the movie, her life yeah. is all on her technology, but I guess don't take away a television. I mean, at least that's because she was trying to read a book. She didn't know what to do. I'm like, yeah. the television's like an escape for people, at least as for me, and especially like Hallmark Channel. They should, she could have just yeah. watched Hallmark Channel or something. It's true. They should at least have Hallmark Channel and <laughs> maybe Disney Channel, Disney Plus. That would, that would be perfect for me. <laughs> yes, Plus. Disney Plus. I like it. <laughs> uh, but did you think that the wellness retreat looked fun? It did. I thought it looked nice, fun activities, mm. fun people. They got to make, you know, dessert. It looked, it looked nice. It more, maybe more of like a getting your mind off things activities than like mm -hmm. super like active activities, I guess. Does that make sense? Yeah. They did a lot of their own cooking though. Like if I'm going to a retreat, I like want them to cook for me. Like I can understand like a little class or something maybe it might be fun, but they were cooking a lot of their meals themselves. They like, better have Amy's want... meals there because I I don't cook. <laughs> yeah, I know. I would want the like uh, that to me is relaxing. Just one of the great things about going on a cruise is you can basically get all the room service that you want, and you can just relax unless you order something crazy. Uh, but uh, but I don't know. Just having to cook your own food doesn't sound that relaxing to me. Yeah. I mean, some people find cooking and relaxing. I'm not one of those people, but <laughs> yeah, I, I can, but not, not when I'm going to a, a retreat like that. Like I want to get my money's worth, That's true. but, uh, they had pretty, pretty good chemistry. I wasn't like bl blown away by the chemistry. I've seen them both with other people that I think they had better chemistry with, but it was, it was fine. It was good. And the whole scene where they are uh, drinking wine and it's like bad wine. That was really funny. I thought that was funny. Cause usually it's always like, Oh, delicious wine. And they're like <laughs> terrible wine. <laughs> that was really good. I also really liked the fact 
that he's kind of considering starting over in this whole new career and he would be you know he's in his 40s and the idea of kind of doing that that's pretty scary and you don't normally see that in characters and I kind of liked I liked that I agree so basically like the main messages were for Autumn's character Lauren kind of step back there is life outside of work that's meaningful and then for um Andrew's character what was his name Uh, I can't remember his name remember his name but you know Andrew Walker and his was like you even if you had to give up on maybe a dream when you were younger you're never too old to start something and you can always go back to school so I thought those were a couple of really nice messages and you don't have to give up something to get something because a lot of times you know the lead actress will leave her job or leave a dream behind to stay with the guy or whatever vice versa in this case they both continued chasing their dreams and that was a nice departure from a lot of storylines yeah that was really good his name was Jack oh Jack okay Jack (laughs) but yeah I like that a lot I thought that was really good because as someone who's 40 myself the idea of like starting over all over again is I can't even imagine very overwhelming but I liked it it was good it was good. It was nice. I, after, and I, of course the pig was adorable. I just was oh, like, yeah. that really helped the movie. I was like, what a cute pig. And then, and I don't know if you're going to re- mention this, but Rianne and fish who was in this is also mm-hmm. going to be in the journey of my heart. So she is having a big summer with Hallmark channel, which I'm really excited to see. I, I hope that the, her, her leading role turns out great. I am really hopeful for that. And they did have a pretty early kiss in this movie, which was nice. Mm-hmm an uninterrupted one <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah I was I know I was worried I'm like oh they're gonna get something's gonna stop them but I guess if you turn in your cell phone that that takes away a big culprit mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the whole purpose to detox from the technology to have the uninterrupted kiss yes and so she realizes that she misses him and that she misses the life that she got uh there at the retreat and goes back and uh yeah it was it was really really cute and definitely something that I think kind of felt 2021 you know just the whole like mm-hmm. we're all kind of re-examining our lives and the way that we work and the way that we do things and uh the way we interact with people what we want is our goals I think we've all been doing a lot of that the last little while yeah, I guess just like uh, as my final message for the movie, uh, just be, I guess, aware of what you're spending your time on and what your priorities are. Because mm-hmm. uh, to quote the great Ferris Bueller, life moves pretty fast. And if you don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. And boy, That's is right. that true. <laughs> that is sure true. Well, I think I would give this one 3.5 crowns. I, I like Love for Real a little better, but I overall enjoyed it. What about you? Mm. I did enjoy it a lot. It was sweet, but it wasn't like off the charts, but I did. I would watch it again. Of course, maybe like I would give it like a three and a quarter. Is that what did you say? Three and a half. I'll give it a three and a quarter. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Good. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. Terry Ferris, author of You Belong With Me and Until I Met You, returns readers to the charming town of Heritage, Michigan in the Restoring Heritage series finale. Fans have enjoyed immersing themselves in the complicated, funny, and endearing lives of this small town. And since you've been gone, Ferris offers another romantic tale where sparks fly when two people at odds in the past must learn to trust each other to ensure a better future. 
Not only do you get one great romance in Since You Begone, but it also has a sweet secondary relationship, which includes themes of faith, forgiveness, and love. Pick up Since You've Been Gone wherever you purchase your books or use our affiliate link. For more information on the Restoring Heritage series, visit www.terryferris.com books. That's www.terryferris.com books. Then we had Sealed with a Kiss, Woody March 6th. <laughs> This stars Jack Wagner, Caitlin Stryker, Josie Bissett, Nathan Witte, and this directed by David Weaver, writer Kim Byer Johnson. And this one has a long summary. Before I say, before saying I do themselves, Nick and Olivia are hosting the wedding of an A-list actor and his fiance. But when the low-key celebration morphs into an event that's anything but that. They have to quickly pivot to pull it off. Meanwhile, when Mick gets an exciting opportunity, Olivia won't let him turn down. They're faced with delaying their own nuptials until a last minute change in plans gives both couples the weddings of their dreams. So what are your thoughts in general about the Wedding March franchise? How do you feel about them leading up to this one? Okay. I have several thoughts. One, I I've watched all of these every year since they've come out. I love the wedding March movies. I love, oh, Jesse okay, I love Jack Wagner. Uh-huh. I watched all of them. I binged them the week before this came out just because there's so many, so many things that went on and there were five movies and I binged uh-huh. them. I loved all of them. I thought the personalities and the storylines are really fun, especially in the first three and in no way is there anything like there's no such thing as a bad Hallmark Channel movie. All the cast and the crew work incredibly hard on to make these movies. They make them so quickly. And I just, I didn't quite feel like this one felt like it was part of the series. It felt a bit different to me just because I literally binged all of them. I finished the fifth one an hour before this one started and it just felt a little different. I don't know uh-huh. if it was just maybe a different writer or something or the tone or just that a little bit of time had gone by since they made the last one. But, um, it was, it was nice to see them finally get married and it was a beautiful wedding. And my gosh, probably the prettiest set of any Hallmark channel movie I've ever seen. That final wedding was just stunning but that, that's kind of like my initial thoughts well I can't agree with you about there being no bad Hallmark movies uh, but that doesn't mean they don't work hard on them they absolutely do but any studio produces good movies and bad movies and that's perfectly fine uh, but uh, yeah the wedding march movies I don't know they're not my favorite but they they've had their moments. I think the fifth one was probably the best one of the series, actually, in my opinion, at least, I think, I mean, just Tyler Hines, he elevates whatever he's doing and Cindy Busby's delight. And the fourth one was okay. Uh, I thought that Merritt Patterson's character was kind of dumb (laughs) she she just kept getting talked out of everything and not having like any opinions herself. And what a twist at the end. Her mother-in-law was like, I hated that wedding. And she was like, oh my gosh. I mean, that was funny. They threw that in there. I'm like, have a spine lady. You're not 18. Like you're an adult. Like, come on. Um, and then the third one I liked, cause I like, um, uh, Peter Benson a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then when he gave that, when Jack Wagner gives the, uh, the, promise went ring to Josie I died I was like are you kidding me no engagement ring yeah I what you're like a 40 you're in your 40s or 50s like 
I don't know how old you are, but you're old. No, promise rings. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was funny. I and finally they they got engaged. I think with any movie, the more you make of it, it's really hard to have the same feel, I think, as the initial one, because the initial wedding march is very funny. Everyone's great in it. There's a lot of humor. It's just the more, and then you add more characters. And if you notice on all of the promo images for every wedding march movie, I think the third or the fourth one, Jack and Josie's images get smaller and the supporting characters become the leads. And it's less about what it was initially about. And I think that at least for me, is kind of, I don't know, disappointment's the right word, but I'm kind of like, oh, I just really like Jack and Josie. And you could tell just by the promo images, their goal was to kind of like go from lead to supporting maybe. And that definitely was the case Mm -hmm. in this sixth wedding March movie. I mean, I could even go for another one. I would love to see Julie get married. I I know her daughter Grace was going to get married, but I would say if they did do another one, it has Uh to have all the original cast because that to reference one of my favorite series, the cheetah girls on Disney channel, (laughs) that third one did not feel the same because Raven Simone was not there. I guarantee you other people feel the same way, but I'm sorry enough about the cheetah girls. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the first one, I'll be honest. I thought was a little bit boring. It wasn't Uh, my favorite um second one I really didn't like that bridezilla was the worst and I hated her and so yeah so they for me that's kind of how I feel about the whole series Mm -hmm. Um, the fifth one is my favorite so this one I I think that it was okay I liked the end wedding I thought was gorgeous I thought it was one of the most beautiful Hallmark weddings that we've seen in some time. Uh, they did a great job with that. And I, I thought that, I mean, I really like Caitlin Stryker and Nathan Witte as performers, as actors, but I wasn't the biggest fan of their plot line. I felt like, it just felt like, I don't think this couple's going to make it. <laughs> I don't see this marriage lasting. They just don't communicate well. And I didn't really feel like they had that good of chemistry even though I like both actors uh, and it was just, I don't know, it was more awkward than it was romantic in my opinion. And so that kind of put a damper on the movie for me, uh, but mm-hmm. it was okay for me in this movie. Well, I will say one thing based off what you just said, uh, except for the first one, the first one was more like Josie and her husband that did not work out they were just trying to get through it. They really just wanted to go to the justice of the justice of the peace. Yeah. Whereas the rest of them, it's about the bride or yeah. whatever getting swept away or someone or in the last case of this one with um, Nathan's character, Kurt getting swept up in this big wedding and like disagreements and not seeing eye to eye. And I was like, well, that's kind of the same storyline in each movie. So maybe try something different. I mean, Mm -hmm. that's just my opinion because it's like someone whines and someone's unhappy and, you know, I just like to see something a little different. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's hard when you have like a wedding venue, like how many different, how much conflict can you really drum up for a wedding venue? But I've got to say something. You just reminded me one thing, how on earth could they allow in every movie 
almost every movie for all these last minute changes to yeah. be made. It's like, there's no way you've done yeah. all the ordering. You will not get your deposits back if you're changing right. different vendors and things like that. That I, I'm like, stand up and say, I'm sorry, as much as we would like to accommodate these changes, we cannot, because that is where no. all the trouble comes from. It's like, you, you need stick like- with what you did. Is six months at least. I mean, most wedding dresses, you can't, you have to buy off the rack if you are any less than a year. So there's no way they can make those kind of changes. I mean, when her wedding dress did get ruined, that was brutal. I felt so bad for her. Mm, yeah, it was unfortunate. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> that was sad. And yeah, everything just kept going wrong. But I, don't know, I just, like I said, I did not feel the chemistry between the two of them. I just felt like they weren't communicating well. And it just left me kind of like, I don't think this marriage is going to last. And sometimes I feel that way in Hallmark movies. I'm like, I don't know about these two, but mm-hmm. <laughs> this one, especially, but I did love, like I said, the final wedding between Mick and Olivia was beautiful and it was very well done. They did a great job with that. And I mean, the fact that it was at night and they had the lights, it was, I mean, it was my favorite moment of the entire movie. It was, oh, just, yeah. no I've never seen anything like it. Like it could totally be like a fancy Beverly Hills wedding. Yeah. And maybe this would work more for you because you're some, more of a fan of the series. But when they played that whole montage of like favorite moments from wedding March, I just kind of laughed because like <laughs> those are always cheesy. No, I'm with you. I'm always like, eh, okay. <laughs> Like, I'm really not that sentimental about wedding March movies. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, I agree with you about like the fifth one. Of course, Cindy Buzzy's great and Tyler Hines is a hunk. So there, I said it. He's a hunk. <laughs> yeah. No question. Um, so my score's going to be kind of low on this, probably compared to you, but it's just how I felt. Um, I am going to give this a 2.5 out of 5. Okay. What I'm about trying you? To think. Well, if we're doing it in like comparison to the other wave two movies, I would mm-hmm. probably put this at the lower end. So I'm going to go with two. Ooh. Oh, I apologize. I, you were I mean, nothing. Me. It is only because I have watched the series and the first few movies were really good. And that, mm-hmm. That's all I'm going to say. There we go. Okay, good. All right. Then on the 21st, we had a little daytime drama. The stars Jen Lilly, Ryan Pavey, and Linda Dano. It's written by Judith and Sandra Berg, who are legends. We've been able to talk to them once before. They are so fun. Uh, two sisters writing. And it's all summer long. They've done all summer long and Majestic Christmas, Christmas Next Door, Harvest Love, A Dash of Love. So they've already worked previously with Jen Lilly and Ryan Pavey. And they're great. Uh, and it's in order to save her daytime soap opera from cancellation, head writer Maggie must convince Darren, fan favorite actor and her real life ex-boyfriend to return to the show. The show's producer, Alice, who created the series, wants to retire and hopes to pass the baton to Maggie if the soap can be salvaged. So I have to say, I was pretty disappointed in this movie. I was expecting it to have a little bit more camp to it, be a little bit more fun and they took it very seriously and I honestly think that you could sub out soap operas for almost anything else and it would have been exactly the same you could have it be a you know well-loved sitcom that's going to be canceling if they don't bring the actor back you could have it be a play you can have it like a Broadway play it would be exactly the same there was so little 
that was done to make this kind of make it make it feel like a soap opera you know kind of get I, I I think my expectation was probably a little unfair because I don't think Hallmark has it in them to make soap dish for Hallmark but I was just hoping it would be sort of along that path and soap dish if people don't know was a really funny movie about the inside lives of the soap opera stars from the 80s it's really good uh it's r-rated but it's really good oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, Anyway, if you want to see Robert Downey Jr. pre pre Iron Man, you should check it out. It's oh, really a, funny. Whoopi Goldberg, Sally Field. And I was just hoping that it would at least have some of that kind of cheekiness that you have in a soap opera, some of that melodrama that you have in a soap opera. This was so bland to me. And I was just pretty bored the whole time watching it. I didn't think that they had very good chemistry, which is strange because they've made another movie before. So you figured they would. Uh, I, I I think they should have at least made Linda Dano a little over Linda Dano a little over the top, you know, like a diva, make her funny. But she was just kind of sweet and sincere and just <laughs> not much fun. And I don't know. I was very disappointed by it. I didn't really like it. Sorry. What did you think? Hey, we're all entitled to our opinions. That's, <laughs> that's what makes this fun. Everyone yeah. can share their thoughts and, and everything resonates with some people and other people, they don't like it. Like not everyone loves Napoleon dynamite. Like I do. Oh, some people I hate that Napoleon movie. Dynamite. And it, you're from Utah, right? Yes. <laughs> of course they filmed in Utah. So we're not going to go off track, but yeah. great movie. But see, not everybody likes it. It's not right. for everybody. Vote for Pedro. Okay. So I do love, uh, Christmas next door. I didn't realize that the Berg sisters wrote that. That's a really cute movie. Yeah, it's cute. It did feel different in this one. That's for sure. But I am a fan of soap operas. I've watched days of our lives for years. So I definitely was excited about this one. Um, I guess they could have played up more like maybe showing like the really overacted scenes when they were like filming the scenes from the soap operas like where he's kind of like just they don't actually do this but like look at the camera but you know just like maybe like over dramatize it to show how kind of goofy soap operas can be that would have been funny they didn't quite play into that as much but no. I might have liked to see that I and I and I understand like I said it was probably a bit of an unrealistic expectation uh that I had because Hallmark's not going to go they're not going to do soap dish but like it was just boring. I, I wish they had just a little bit, a little bit of melodrama, a little bit of like, I don't know, one scene where a character, <laughs> character, maybe you can't have them slap another character. That's too much, <laughs> but along those lines, something with a little bit of drama, it's called a little daytime drama. <laughs> Yeah, I guess this is more like a look at the business side of it. Truthfully, you're looking yeah. at the network heads, you're looking at the writers and the producers, rather than maybe like the acting side of it. That's and interesting. I didn't even think about that. It was really more of a look at like the studios and what that that is like. And even that felt completely flat to me because I mean, these, the idea that they're going to like retool the soap operas so that they can start to appeal to younger viewers and stuff like that is kind of ridiculous. I mean, seal poppers are on their last life and they're barely hanging on for a dear life. They're not, there's not some like magic formula that all of a sudden, I mean, maybe, maybe if you put it on Netflix and uh, you, <laughs> I don't know, maybe you make it more like Bridgerton or Virgin River or something like that. But 
it's just, it's just not, nothing about the business side of thing felt real or realistic to me from everything that I know about that world. And like I said, I just felt like you could have replaced soap opera with anything and it would have been exactly the same. And they did. I liked all the soap tropes. I thought those were funny. Um, to quote Jen Lilly, she came up with that. I did not soap tropes, but, uh, they were, there were a lot of funny things that they mentioned, like the kid being aged up, you know, multiple years, but it would have been funny. I guess, like you said, you can only be scandalous to a degree for them to have included a few more kind of scandalous storylines, because I mean, honestly, that's what soap operas are. They're a little bit ridiculous, but I guess, I don't know if people who don't watch soap operas, they might've been like offended. Like, how could they say that in a Hallmark movie? I'm like, well, if you watch soap operas, that's just what they do. Like the most excitement we got was Ryan Pavey <laughs> monologuing about his vegetables. <laughs> like, what? Mm. Well, that was uh, interesting. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So you're a soap fan. You clearly enjoyed this more than I did. What did you like about it? Um, I just, I I actually haven't watched soaps for a few years. I stopped because I just didn't have the time to watch it every day, but Mm -hmm. it was just funny remembering, oh yeah, that's kind of a storyline they do or, oh, that, that, that's funny. And I kind of just giggle at like the little things they would mention. Um, I thought Jen's outfits were great. I do want to say one thing. I don't watch the bold and the beautiful. I know it comes on like after the news, but they did a thing last year where they actually took like the filming to like, I don't know if it was Italy or somewhere overseas like a European country and they did it all there. And it was so dramatic and funny. And I think I wish they, like they had maybe watched that. And then they kind of played off of that for this movie. Mm-hmm. Cause it just like, there's a lot of really funny qualities, but I just think with Hallmark, you can't, you can only be scandalous to a degree. And that's why they couldn't push it too much. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a cute movie. I mean, it was, it was different at least um, compared to the other movies this summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think they should have made, Linda Dano more like maybe one of the sort of jerks in a royal movie, you know, like Jane Seymour or something like that in the Lacey Bear movie, like kind of snobby and whatever. Like that would have been kind of funny, you know? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> or some just made her something. Or a little <laughs> wacky, kooky, like goofy. Like you know who yeah. they could have had. Um, the lady who plays on Cedar Cove, Andy McDowell's mom, and she's also she was mm-hmm. the grandma in Oh yeah, Christmas. yeah, yeah. She's yeah, yeah. a funny lady and she yeah, she plays Paula, um, very well oh, what's your name paula it's paula i can think of her last name but yeah in five star christmas mm-hmm. and then she, and, uh, uh, it was always you she's like she could play cookie yeah. really well so maybe like especially because it is a soap like overact and be like super goofy maybe yeah yeah like how dare you i'm an actor or something. yes <laughs> that you, you should be in soaps rachel <laughs> but yeah if if any of you haven't watched Soap Dish and you can handle an R-rated movie, watch Soap Dish. It's really funny. Uh, <laughs> it sounds great. I'm up for it. Yes, it's really funny. It's good. And I think it's on HBO Max, so check it out. Uh, but yeah, this one was disappointing to me. I give it two crowns. What okay. about you? I'm going to give it... Um... I'm going to give it a 3.85. <laughs> can I do that? Yes, you can. <laughs> okay. okay. So then we have Sweet Pecan Summer. This stars Christine Coe, Wes Brown, Lauren Tom, directed by Dustin Reichert and writer Stephanie Jackson and Zach Lewis. 
and it's Amanda has to work with her ex-boyfriend, JP, to sell her favorite aunt's pecan farm. Putting aside their differences, old feelings start to rekindle, and they question their life paths. So overall, what did you think of this one? I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> I just finished it before, uh, maybe a couple hours before we talked, so I didn't get to watch it on the, um, sorry, that's my dog. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't get to watch it on Saturday, but I actually thought this was the funniest one of this wave two movies. I, I, I was not excited for it. I'm just going to say it. I thought the storyline sounded mm-hmm. slightly boring and boy, was I wrong. I saw everyone t- like tweeting about it. Oh, this is so funny. I'm like, okay, well I'll give it a chance. And it was great. Wes Brown was fantastic. Christine Coe was great. Lauren Tom was so funny. I just can't say enough good things about it. Um, what do you think, Rachel? <laughs> And so I enjoyed it. I thought that they had really nice banter. I thought the script was, was well done. I mean, it's just a plot that's pretty boring and uh, the whole save the farm, you know, kind of thing. It's not my favorite, uh, but I like uh, the banter. It was good. And I thought Wes Brown was great. And I, I thought that some of the humor worked. Some of it kind of fell a little flat for me that his, his, his best friend was a little, <laughs> over the top didn't quite work for me but and here I'm just saying I want more in the other one movie and then maybe a little less in this movie but so I can't be pleased but uh, I did think that when she was sabotaging the tour the the clients that was funny and that worked Uh, Mm -hmm. and I really liked her aunt I thought she was great Uh, I I I don't want to sound mean but I didn't think that the lead actress was the best. She was a little stiff to me, a little wooden. And that did hurt the chemistry, I think, a little bit. Um, I would like to see her maybe again and keep trying. Uh, it wasn't like a disaster, but you know, I thought she was a little stiff in her acting. Uh, but it was a beautiful location. That farm was great. And overall, I enjoyed it. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, this was just, this was one that I did not expect to like as much as I did. Cause like mm-hmm. you said, the farm storyline has been done before and it sometimes is a little, not boring, but you know, just kind of there. Mm-hmm. And this was really funny. Um, the writing was really funny. Like when he says, yeah. um, I'll miss you. And she's like, no, you won't. And then I thought it was so funny. I mean, I know his friend was like over the top, but I kind of appreciated that because at least mm-hmm. they like went for it and yeah. it wasn't just like very subtle, natural acting. Sometimes I like when people are over the top the change and he was funny like he threw the beanbag into someone's nachos and he was complaining about his kids the whole time which I was like that is so unhallmark I thought that was really funny Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I would way rather have them go for it than not and and make Mm -hmm. something boring well that's what you're saying like if you thought that um the actress was a little bit stiff then you have someone who's going for it that may make someone seem even more um, yeah. subtle in their acting when someone next to them is like really over the top. It's mm-hmm. just like, I don't know. I just have like balance and everything, but I did appreciate also her aunt was a little bit goofy and I appreciated yeah, that good. as well. She was sweet. I also liked the fact that she had a, a whole romance and you got to see that she was her aunt that was, was going to be happy again. And her whole plot line I thought was, was nice, was well done. And, and I, I think that it, it's nice when we get more than one main romance in the story. 
And it's nice, like kind of like Andrew Walker's character in the 27 hour day. It's like, you're never too late to find love. I mean, she literally gave up her farm to move to the ocean for this guy. Mm -hmm. And I thought that was a nice, um, a nice change. Like you can make a huge life alteration, no matter what your age. Right. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I'd be interested to see, I think, I don't know. I don't think either of these writers have done anything for homework before. So I'd be interested in seeing what they could do next, but this was also not a summer movie. I don't like when they do that. This was a fall movie, mm. even a summer title. <laughs> I they're think like they're just off on their stuff. Seasons. I mean, it's, it's fall. <laughs> you know what it is? It's global warming. It's throwing off all of our seasons. It's even affecting Hallmark channel. Hallmark being lazy and thinking we're not going to notice when they slip a <laughs> fall movie in the summer. <laughs> like okay. when that Jessica Lowndes West Brown movie came out, but it was clearly a summer movie and they have it in the fall. <laughs> she, mm. She's all wearing sundresses and all this stuff. <laughs> and like, yeah. I, over the moon. <laughs> that was, yeah. Over another West moon. Brown movie. Yeah. Um, what was it? He said so, oh, when he was in the truck and he was like singing and he was like oh, singing yeah. terribly. I was like, this is funny. I mean, it's like, that was funny compared to some of the others. Like, uh, I liked it compared to like sand dollar cove. I thought they really were kooky and went for it and it, mm-hmm. it worked. It was funny. And I hope they do more like this. You don't have to do everyone where there's really goofy characters, yeah. but it's a nice change. And it was also nice to see like all new faces aside from West Brown. Yeah, it was. And, and I appreciate the diversity. It mm-hmm. definitely, it's just makes it feel more fresh, even if it's kind of a tired story line, if it's happening to different people than we typically see, it feels fresh, more fresh. And it was so funny in the beginning, she had this amazing idea for this like natural skincare line. And the other guy was like, we'll send oh, you yeah. the lilac. And then it shows them celebrating. And he's like smiling with everybody for the lilac. And I was like, that's kind of funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, yeah, the the amazing uh, revelation with the um, the skincare line. A lot of people were comparing that to Harvest Moon, but I feel like Harvest Moon felt because it's from a pretty early spot that she finds out about the hand cream, and they're using it from pretty early in the. And this felt kind of you know a way to wrap it up at the very end, mm, like a kind of a closure, a nice little yeah, because, tie and bow on it all. Yeah, because. Uh, when she's there talking to Lila in Harvest Moon, she finds the 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 product. She's like, "Oh, this is." And then, like throughout the movie, she it, it's like a small, thin element. So then, when she decides to use it to save the the farm, it's a little more natural. This felt a little more tagged on, but mm-hmm. it was still worked. It, it was cute. Uh, so I would give this one three crowns. What about you? Again, I mean, if you're ranking everything to her pen pal, it's really hard because that was a fantastic movie. Um, maybe I did like it the best of one of the best of all the summer nights movies. I'm going to give it, I can't remember what I gave Love real. Cause I liked that one. I'll give this one, um, a 4.25. Right. Yeah. I think I gave, if I'm not mistaken, her pen pal 4.9. So mm-hmm. almost a perfect score. It was great. All right. So we had Mystery 101, Deadly History. The stars Jill Wagner, Christopher Cloha, Robin Thomas, and is directed by Stacey N. Harding, writers Jonathan Christian Plummer. 
And, uh, and then uh, this is Amy and Travis travel to New York to investigate when Amy's uncle goes missing and the initial clues make them fear the worst. So what is your feeling overall about the mystery 101 uh, series? Have you seen them? Well, I've got to be honest with you, Rachel. I, I actually have seen none of the movies and mysteries. See, that's how much I watch that network or that channel, just because I, I barely have enough time to squeeze in all the regular Saturday movies. Mm -hmm. But, um, of course I know who Jill Wagner is and Christopher Plaha. I know of the series because I see the promos and I just like pay attention to what's going on. Mm -hmm. So I know it's a very, um, liked one, as far as the mystery series go, it's a fan favorite from what I hear. Yeah. Well, so this movie, basically they're over in New York. So it's, it's way from their home base and they're there with her father because their uncle has come up missing. They're trying to find her uncle. Her uncle is way younger than her father is actually more like, uh, is only, I think six years or something older than, than Amy, than Joe Wagner's character. He's played by Peter Benson in the movie and that's her uncle. And, uh, and they start kind of going through the clues. And this one for me was a little exposition heavy. I felt like instead of having the characters stumble upon the, upon the clues, most of the scenes were them explaining and talking through it. And that's less effective as far as the mystery goes. Uh, and the ending, I guess, since you haven't seen it, I don't want to spoil the ending. The oh, ending. You can. <laughs> <laughs> well, so in the end, the, we we find they have this scene where where Travis and Amy are kissing and and that they you know love each other and then we see Amy with another man and and Travis says oh that's Amy's fiance and that makes no sense it's very confusing i don't understand we've never seen this person we don't know this person what on earth <laughs> I don't understand why they did that. I don't get it. I'm sure, I guess they will explain it somehow, uh, but I don't really get what was going on there. Mm -hmm. And of course, all Twitter went nuts. <laughs> so that was yeah. their goal. They succeeded, <laughs> uh, but it was weird. Well, they usually do that to set up like some other storyline for another movie. It sounds yeah. like, but it was weird and just came out of nowhere. And I don't know why they didn't just end with them kissing but I guess then you wouldn't have Twitter talking like <laughs> thanks but this one to me I would give a three out of five I it like I said it was a little exposition heavy and I I don't know the mystery itself wasn't the best but mm -hmm. it was fine uh okay then we have Aurora Tea Garden Mysteries Honeymoon Honey Murder which is a great title <laughs> very good they always do a good job with the Aurora Tea Garden titles very mm -hmm. funny uh, Candace Cambray, of course, now made her Mary Lou Henner. And so this is their, on their pre-honeymoon honeymoon. This is their little trip that they're taking before their main honeymoon. And this is directed by Martin Wood and written by Tina Booth and Jim Head, who I think do almost all these. While on a pre-honeymoon getaway, Aurora and Nick discover a body. And as they get closer to finding out what really happened, danger knocks on their doorstep. So basically what happens is, is they're at this cabin and uh, they find they discover uh, a body and it turns out it might have something to do with the people next door in the cabin next door and there was a pretty intense scene where aurora and ian 
get shot at. And uh, it was, they did a pretty good job with it for this kind of a cozy mystery, I thought, of making Aurora feel like she really was in peril. And then there's also a great scene with Lynn, who is played by Miranda Fragone, who is the uh, is one of the chief investigators, but she's also married to Arthur, who wasn't in this one. And Arthur is usually the one at the police that <coughs> he's usually the detective that works with Aurora. But Aurora used to date Arthur. So there's like some animosity between Lynn and Aurora, right? <laughs> Yes. And Aurora would drive you crazy if you were a police detective, police officer, because you're trying to do your job and she's in there all the time with all of this stuff, getting into trouble, making things difficult because she has this club, the real murderers club. Well, anyway, so finally Lynn had like had it and she gave this whole speech about how Aurora likes to solve puzzles and puzzles are helpful. Puzzles are good, but she has to look at the whole case. She has to put all of the clues together and she can't just be out there like solving puzzles. And if, if she, she went on to every single little puzzle, uh, then she would waste a ton of time, which is totally true. And I thought it was very satisfying because you don't usually get that kind of like stop being a busy batting matchmaker. You're driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah. And I thought it was very cathartic as a viewer that somebody in one of these mysteries finally said something about these busy body matchmakers. I love that. I thought she did a great job with that. And overall, I thought it was a, a really good mystery. There were a lot of good red herrings and there was some actual intimacy, like very minimal, but like little alludes to uh their honeymoon which i appreciated because sometimes i get sort of intimacy starved in these movies <laughs> yeah it's a little light <laughs> on the intimacy yeah <laughs> uh so i liked this one a lot i thought it was really good mary lou henner is very good in it we love her of course as as aurora's mother she was she was good she was very involved in this one because she was working with a woman at the real estate agency that becomes kind of involved because the victim worked at this real estate agency. And so she's over there kind of working on things. And so she was great. This is, I think, one of the best Aurora Tea Garden movies that we've seen, in my opinion. So I'm going to give it a pretty high score because for what it's trying to do, I think it did a really good job. Uh, so for me, I'm going to give this one a 4.5. Oh, and, wow. uh, I thought it was a very, very well done Aurora Tea Garden movie. So there we go. That is it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed those. I mean, I, I used to read Nancy Drew as a kid, you know, so it sounds like a little bit of a Nancy Drew thing. <laughs> well, when we first started, I didn't really want to cover the mysteries. I was like, no, uh, I don't know. They're just too predictable. They're too, they're not for me. Uh, but I have warmed up to them quite a bit. Uh, since we started and it's sometimes nice uh, refreshing you know to to watch something different on Hallmark Channel mm -hmm. than the uh, than the rom-coms so you should give them a shot you really should they're pretty fun well I will record the next one I will definitely watch it I <laughs> probably won't watch the night of mirrors but I'll like watch it over the week so yeah absolutely yeah, and 
of course, Candace Cameron had like blonde hair in this, I think like it was really blonde. So that's kind of fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. She does tend to change her, her hair quite a bit. She has some bad wigs mm-hmm. and we, we know that that's true, but it's all right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, before my favorite was the garage sale mysteries, that was still the best one they've ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, sadly it got lost to the college cheating scandal, yes. uh, but this or tea garden is probably the next best one. You have another full house star. <laughs> it seems like she was, she, she, she was, uh, okay. Let her kids do her, their own things. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, anyway. I definitely will have to watch one of these. <laughs> yeah. So my favorite of these is definitely love for real is definitely my favorite, but I also liked the 27 hour day. Those would be my two favorite. Well, in or a tea garden. <laughs> yeah they they uh they definitely came out with a lot this summer I mm-hmm. thought we were gonna have just the one wave and then that is crashing through the snow and then they announced the second wave I was like oh my goodness so that's just it's enjoyable to get a new movie yeah. every Saturday it is yeah. very nice <laughs> yeah I certainly prefer it over June Brides <laughs> so that was a good move uh but are you looking forward to anything especially in uh for fall harvest well I mean is everybody in the same boat or I mean Tyler Hines Roadhouse Romance of course that's the one I think everyone's really looking forward to anytime you get a Tyler Hines movie um I what are the others it's it's gonna be fun and if you have missed it make sure you're listening we had on Wednesday uh we have our uh fall harvest preview with uh, Mel and Dory from all the fields. So that was super fun. So check that out. And thank you so much for coming and, and doing this. This was a lot of fun to get to recap the summer nights movies. Let us know if you're listening, what you think of these films, which ones that you maybe like more than we did. Maybe you didn't like them and we liked them, whatever, share your comments in the comment section and Betsy, where can people find you in your podcast? Oh, well, first off, thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. Um, you can find me uh, at www.hallmarkhappenings.com. Happenings is a long word, lots of uh, consonants. So yeah, it's long, but then I'm also on Instagram at Hallmark Happenings Podcast. I'm on all the social media, but that's the most active one. Very good. We'll have all that in the description. Make sure y'all check it out. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Rotten Tomatoes. So you can check out all of the newest releases reviews over there from me. And then also make sure you're following the podcast at Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast, all of our social media. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews for both of our podcasts. We would sure appreciate it. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to our channel. We sure appreciate that. And we also have our patron group. It's only $2 a month to join. And we have patron watch alongs every month. This month, we are going to be having Brittany Bristow on for September. And we're going to be watching Love, Romance, and Chocolates. And it's going to be really fun. So make sure you're, you're subscribed to the Patreon. You won't regret it. It's great. You can be part of our, our, our uh, patron Facebook group. And uh, it's it's just a great community to be a part of. Uh, we also have our merch store, which has even Wedding March inspired merch. So don't miss that. That's not going to be there that much longer. So check it out. It's great. 
And we have all the links for that in the description. So thanks so much to Betsy. And uh, we can look forward to all your comments and we'll talk to you all later. Bye everyone. Bye.